0: Welcome, everyone, to the Jessica Jones podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete.
1: Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody, here today to talk to you about our impressions of the whole of Jessica Jones season two. And if you can believe it, Matt, a month ago today, the uh series dropped the second season dropped on netflix that night we were in new york city to see the cast at the paley center and now we're talking about the the whole shebang
0: uh yeah (laughs) to think a month ago plus a day there was a uh, a major snowstorm that hit the area And uh, here we are, let's see, still at risk of snow in April. (laughs) Right. Uh, Times are crazy. Jessica Jones season two was crazy. Pete, what were some of the highlights from the second season?
1: I'd have to say just getting our characters back, getting Jess and Trish and Malcolm and Jerry back for their own adventures Uh, After so long, I mean, 2015, Matt, late 2015, it had been since we had just them um, on their first season adventures. So to get them back and and to be able to explore that story space, I think, was really, really welcome.
0: Yeah, I think some great, great additions to the cast. We have J.R. Ramirez as Oscar. We have uh, Terry Chen as, uh, as Price Chang. And, uh, of course, Janet McTeer as, I guess we can officially say it now, Pete, uh, <laughs> you know, as mom. Um, I know there were some complaints out there that, that you know, th- this season did not have the major villain that Kilgrave uh, presented in the first season. True, this was a season where Jessica Jones was exploring herself and her past and her future. And I'm okay with all of that because it takes us back to this character-driven Stuff that the Netflix Marvel shows do so well, uh, as opposed to, with all due respect to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is our first love, but as opposed to comic book biz bang boom, you know, (laughs) twist after turn, like this was a slower paced exploration of herself.
1: To do the origin in the second season, I think, is inspired. And back to the villain thing, you know, and I'll talk specifically about some of that stuff in a little bit, but. You know how could you possibly go up from David Tennant as Kilgrave in in season one, and I think they were wise to not attempt to top that.
0: That's an interesting argument. I'll I'll agree, but I'll come at it from a different perspective. Uh, something that we had discussed certainly before the season had started. Kilgrave represented such a major impact on Jessica's life and had had come to define her life and all that he represented both both in her story and metaphorically in, in our world. You know, the question was how does this character stand up for herself without the story of Kilgrave and sexual assault and things of that sort? The fact that the character does, you know, to me is proof that that there's an argument to be made that this is a this is a better crafted season uh, yes there's the magic of tenant yes there's the magic of killgrave um and, and the tension of the first season but i stand by the slower deeper pace that this season gives us
1: uh I, I can go either way with that really i mean i'll keep it to highlights and then and then we'll go to some of the uh the qualms um I said getting everybody back was, you know, my number one, I think Trish in particular, I think the work that Rachel Taylor did to explore this character, to, to see her at her lowest point, something we only hinted at in the first season. Um, and then the range they gave her. I mean, when we first see her in season two, she's singing in the wig, um, later we get her singing and dancing something that was hinted at, at the, um, the Paley center panel, uh, and, you know, made me, uh, super excited to get to that point. And that was, I think the high point of the season, uh, AKA, I want your cray cray, um, the unique way that that flashback story is unspooled. Um, yeah really really wild about that i think they peaked there and i think as you got to the end obviously you want the denouement but um i i think a little bit more than they planned
0: i think too we have a season that that was certainly jam-packed when it came to most if not all the characters uh i like that we have a an arc for malcolm i like that we have an arc for oscar um I mean, uh, you, you know, we even have an arc for Dorothy, <laughs> although she remains on the same kind of terrible, awful path that she's been on. Uh, we had discussed in our episode for in our podcast for episode two thirteen how, you know, kind of the uh, the uh, Inez storyline kind of seems to self self solve itself, but we don't get we as the audience don't get a sense of closure there that I think was was justified. Um, also too, I'm still a little, I'm a little unsure how I feel about the fact that Jessica does not, Jessica does not overcome her own obstacles when it's at, you know, when it's at the end of this season, it takes Trish to do it. I think you can argue some positives and you can argue some negatives, but at the end of the day, it's not the main character slaying her own dragon.
1: Yeah, I I think there's there's certainly that aspect to it. I mean, it was a unique choice to go with the mother as the big bad and for it to be resolved the way that it is. Obviously, you begin with the end in mind. And where do you want them by the end? Okay, we want Jess and Trish, who through that first season in lockstep, We want them on the outs. We want Trish now to be starting to explore her powers. And we have this trajectory heading into an unannounced, unconfirmed season three at this point.
0: Well, certainly, uh, yeah. I mean, hope's high on a third season being announced soon. Um, I like that we see Trish in action. And I like that we see kind of conceptually the notion that she is acting on behalf of family and on behalf of her sister in in the taking out of Alyssa I I just I don't know I don't like that that there's there's the emotional closure for Jessica in that her mother is now no longer in her life but that wasn't done at her own hand which you know to be fair that's how life goes 99 times out of 100 but that's also not what I was looking for in a fictional construction such as this. Well, Pete, let's let's uh, turn the focus here a little bit. What were some of the low points of the season for you?
1: I think that second half of the season would easily be the the low point, only because it it didn't match the intensity of early on. I I felt uh, it wasn't that we stretched it out, but the, the the mom stuff with Alyssa you know are we gonna find dr Carl are we gonna take out dr Carl everything there um, it it labored a little bit for me
0: hmm. that's that's interesting I'm I think going back over the episodes in my mind I might be inclined to agree although I don't know that I necessarily felt it as it was happening there did seem to be a lot of... Like once there's the reveal of mom, um, I, I'm realizing there's a bunch of episodes that we kind of where we explored that, and, and I don't feel that it ever dragged. I guess it, if I had a main complaint, maybe it's not episode two thirteen, but kind of that two twelve two thirteen neck of the woods where it's like they're on the run, and again it comes back to Jessica being. Uh, I mean, she's making her own decisions, but she's kind of sort of a captive of mom, but kind of sort of not. And it's in yeah. this in-between area that's not that's not Jessica Jones, the character, and I understand why. And I understand that she's emotionally frozen, but we're there for a while.
1: The three episodes after uh, I Want Your Cray Cray, so 208, 209, and 210, it's essentially the two of them. Okay. We've had the flashback episode and now we have "Ain't We got fun where, uh, mom and Jessica are coming to grips with this. Then we have the one where, um, she has, Jessica has price Chang in the, in the tub and mom in the bedroom. And then mom is caught and, uh, she's terrorized by the cop. Um, the Kilgrave return episode was very, very well done. Um, hard to keep that a secret, and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for it. Um, plus, it's in the episode description, so I wonder how much of that, you know, spoiled people. But um, yeah, I, I think those three episodes, eight, nine, and ten, in particular, you know, we we were a little uh, we were a little labored on those.
0: I, I certainly don't like the phrase Netflix bloat, and I think the seasons of Marvel Netflix that it has been most applied to, they've gotten it wrong. First and foremost, Punisher, that had that had no fat on those uh, oh, on those bones. Not.
1: And even this, this isn't fat so much. I mean, there are viable story points that occur, as I just laid out, in those episodes. But, you know, the the construction of okay, uh, the, the rival PI is in one room and uh, the dangerous mother is in the other, I think could have been a lot more interesting.
0: It also occurs to me too, we kind of have, you know, who is mom, you know, before she's revealed to be mom. So who is mom? Then we have mom revealed, mom hidden, mom captured, mom on the run again, mom kind of captured again. Mom on the run again. Mom taken out. Like there's, there's a little. I, again, each of the parts. Sounds like were, you might have some other issues there, man. <laughs> I think. I mean, I, I think. You think is, you have other issues? <laughs> well, I, I think that this is an, This is a really interesting exploration this season on, on Jessica Jones's own kryptonite. It's just, uh, looking back at the season as a whole, which is why we are here. There's a little there's a little muddiness to it all in terms of how they're achieving the goals of exploring these characters and exploring the emotional roots and the backstory and things of that sort. Well, Pete, let's talk the future. I believe it was three months after season two came out, pardon me, after season one came out, that season two was announced. Here we are at the one month mark, you know, I mean, who knows with a lot of this Netflix stuff, who knows, who knows, Are they in active pre-production? But it's a secret. Are they this? Are they that? But what are your thoughts on when next we see Jessica Jones? Is it even in the Jessica Jones series?
1: I am not sure. Uh, Only because um, we have Luke Cage coming next. There are some fairly big events to come out of that. Some things that have already leaked some things that are already out there. Um, we got to do Luke Cage. Does Daredevil beat Iron Fist to uh, air? I'd have to say yes. Um, there's been really no chatter on Iron Fist. Um, and we still have no confirmation of a, of a defender's re-team up after that. Um, so I, I think they'll get the third season order for certain. Uh, When we see Jess, though, is anybody's guess at this point.
0: I I guess I wonder if the decision was made. It seemed on the fly, although it was not. But if the decision was made, hey, we're going to have Iron Fist show up in Luke Cage season two. And yes, everything that you said beyond Daredevil season three being in production, uh, you know, everything else is not has yet to happen, even though Iron Fist Season 2 has been announced and et cetera, et cetera. I just wonder, do you get Jessica Jones showing up for the last two episodes of Luke Cage? You know, at what point are you not doing Defenders, but you are doing cross-pollination in a way where it doesn't need to be Jessica Jones Season 3, the first three episodes deal with her you know, reconciling with Luke Cage? Does it happen sooner? Does it happen somehow in... Daredevil season three that you know like I I don't know how much they want to blur the lines but I'm I'm open to it
1: absolutely I mean one of the other things I got out of that Paley panel was how much time Kristen Ritter has spent in the skin of Jessica Jones she went from uh, the first season there was a little bit of a break then they did defenders and she went from defenders to jessica jones season two no break in between um and you know so much so that she wrote her novel uh you know in her quote unquote downtime so yeah i mean to ask them to turn it around so quickly i think is a lot and again you're dealing in a four member team situation and and you know we say giving everybody their due. It's no secret that Iron Fist is the weakest of all of those TV shows, and hopefully that's going to sort itself out with you know the developments in some of the other shows.
0: Side note: Netflix continues to think I really like Iron Fist. Like when there's that <laughs> section that's like, and I, I must have. I, yeah, I, I know. Like my Apple TV still does, rates Netflix stuff by stars, but Netflix has moved to a thumbs up, thumbs down percentage yes. match thing you know but yes. regardless you know i've rated it i mean i didn't give it like one star but you know i rated it as i felt it and anytime this season of jessica jones i got done and it was like the you know you like jessica jones check out and then it would be <laughs> iron fist luke cage the defenders uh daredevil like luke i uh, uh, pardon me iron fist was always first it was like dude what don't you get that I mean, <laughs> is it maybe just numbers wise? Like I watched a lot of Iron Fist. Okay, yeah, I, I did. I
1: think that's the metric. I I think that's where they're grabbing you. And that's fine. And again, that these things continue to be you know, that they're always there, that they're never going to leave this service and they remain in that rotation. And, you know, you cross pollinate, you get people who go back. We've heard, we've had people write into us that, hey, I caught you on Jessica Jones and now I'm going to go back and do Daredevil. And then, you know, oh, I started with Iron Fist and then I went back and, and listened to Luke Cage and all that. And, you know, I, I think the Marvel Netflix thing helps itself um in that you get people into the other corners of new york city
0: well time will certainly tell as mentioned before as soon as we hear about uh season three or i guess any any future jessica jones news you know showing up in luke cage or iron fist or daredevil or whatever we will certainly update the uh, the, the jessica jones podcast feed I, for one, Pete, feel so glad that we were able to get this season done in a timely manner, not just for our listeners, but just to get that cohesive sense of the season, and also to spend time with the character of Jessica Jones and the characters that populate this show, because it really does bring a different perspective from the walk of life that, that I'm in and that you're in, and that we you know, we get to see this slice of life, fictional as it may be, that's uh, been offered up by, uh, by Melissa Rosenberg and the entire cast and crew.
1: It's such a unique show compared to everything else that's out there. It's not as if we don't have powered women on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or even when we're talking about what's going to go on with uh, with Misty Knight and, and Luke Cage. But the origin and the real tragedy that Jessica has gone through... Um, from the car crash to the abuse at the hands of Kilgrave to the self-abuse that she inflicts now um, is a really deep dive into human nature, something I think has been very rare in these shows. I mean, you could talk Punisher in terms of, you know, something that surprised both of us. Um, and I think really, really underrated in the overall Marvel pantheon. Um, I continue to find people who have not watched it and it's like, what are you doing? You need to try this show. Um, but I, I think Jessica Jones stands right there with it in terms of the emotional weight of the story. I mean, it's is, is there life and death in both? There is. I think they keep Jessica Jones a little lighter by nature of femininity and, you know, not being a military type of background and everything like that. But, uh, you know, there's weighty stuff here. And I think the people who have committed to both seasons understand
0: that. Well, Pete, we, of course, cannot wrap up this season without hearing from our listeners. I understand you have a uh, you have a little nugget of uh, listener wisdom to share.
1: Yes, we were left a review by uh, Frosty U18 on the uh, Fantastic Geek uh, feed on iTunes because we are running a little uh, raffle right now, and uh, anybody who leaves a new review to any of our thirteen feeds, you can even leave one to all of them and up your chances. For a digital download for uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi that we're going to raffle off on uh, Friday, April 13th on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Uh, And Frosty U writes one of the best podcasts to be found, five stars. Thank you for the excellence and quality you put into each podcast. I especially enjoy the format you use to break down the episode from start to finish mixed with character insights, humor, and industry background. I do also listen to other Marvel-related podcasts, but Fantastic Geek is by far the most well-organized and logically presented in all its incarnations. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, and all the special podcasts that Matt and Pete have given us. Fantastic Geek is also one of the most responsive podcasts out there, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or voicemail. PG engages with its fan base like no
0: other. Wow. Well, very, very kind words there from Frosty. Appreciated words, too. We do uh, we do pride ourselves on uh, getting stuff out with our thinking caps on and, and interacting with people. And, uh, I don't know, Tuss, it's just how it should be done and we, of course, have been grateful all season long to have been supported by our patrons on patreon.com slash fantastic geek.
1: Absolutely. You make it all possible. Uh, the podcasting, the uh, panel appearance, uh, everything. So everybody who contributes at Patreon, com slash fantastic geek gets access to exclusive podcast content. And then there's all sorts of levels from there no need to chase down uh stolen items in a pawn shop to be able to afford fantastic geek on patreon
0: indeed well said pete of course though the greatest gift is interacting with you on twitter how can people do so
1: you can find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r 9876 followers can't be wrong
0: and while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast any way you like. Comment at FantasticGeek.com. Email FantasticGeek at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram where we are FantasticGeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more.
1: Facebook.com slash FantasticGeek with a pH all one word. Like it today.
0: If you're listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we will be back on Friday for more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you've been enjoying us on the Jessica Jones feed, we will let you know when season three is announced, when further Jessica Jones news is out there. Until then, we will go uh, we will go dark, we will go silent on this feed. Hopefully it's not too long. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final season two words.
1: I watch a cray cray.